But I always have this feeling in my body that I want to save the world. And I have been hearing it so many times. You cannot save everyone. You cannot save mm. the whole world. But I still in my body believe, just like we talk about being in circles and having this community feeling, I still yeah. really believe that butterfly effect, uh, mm -hmm. that it starts with me and my wings will affect others. We often hear people wishing us a long, happy and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead it's the breath, depth and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Welcome back to Live the Width of Your Life. Today, my guest is Malin Pusat. Emelin is a 34-year-old trauma-informed breathwork facilitator from Sweden who has lived in Norway the past 15 years with their family. She works as a dental nurse, and she's certified in Hatha Vinyasa, kids, teens, and kids with special needs in yoga. And her heart skips a beat for a ceremonial cacao ceremony, but breathwork is her true calling, and she is deeply devoted to the practice and to the facilitation of breathwork. We talk so much about what it means to be able to work full-time in a career that she had before and also how she was able to start her new business. We talked about the cacao ceremonies and other energy work that she is interested in. We talked about the importance of having a spiritual community of strong women, your tribe that you can turn to when you need to, and also how she was able to build a strong, authentic brand online and the importance of pushing through comfort zones. I think you're really going to enjoy this week's discussion. Take a listen. Malin, thank you for joining me. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Thank you for being here, finally. <laughs> I know. We've been trying to do this for so long. And to our credit, we are in very different time zones. So yeah. tell everyone where you are in the world. Yeah. Well, I'm from Sweden, but I live in Norway, so we are in Europe. And now the time is 9 p.m. I'm so grateful for you for doing this because I know sometimes it's difficult to coordinate. And I'm so excited because you and I met in PAUSE Breathwork Facilitation, which was six months, and it was an absolutely amazing and beautiful container. But we haven't actually had an opportunity to speak a lot since then, but I've been following your journey on social media. I love the way you show up. It's so authentically you and your brand. So for those that aren't familiar with you, share a little bit about who you are, what your passions are, and your journey to bring you where you are today. Yeah. Well, I am a dental nurse or I work as a dental nurse at daytime. I'm also a yoga teacher. But I really feel I love to do yoga, but I love to facilitate breathwork. So just like you, I'm a breathwork facilitator and I just love to hold space and I love to work with humans. Yeah. That's my 
favorite thing to do. I'm so curious about humans. How is your life? What made you the person that you are today? So yeah, I think that's my biggest passion. I love it. And you can tell in all of your reels and your posts that this is such a passion for you. But I love that you talk about having a career and a job and then also doing a couple other things that you are passionate about on the side because it doesn't always have to be just one thing that we're mm -hmm. passionate about or we do. How did you find breath work or how did it find you? A good question. And I always feel people have this, oh, I went in and it was just mind-blowing. But for me, I think it just came into my life slowly. So I think back in 2017 was the first meeting with someone that did breathwork. And she's an amazing breathwork facilitator here in Norway, Elisabeth Finocchiaro. And the first meeting with her, when she talked, she was suddenly just like, and I was so fascinated. I was like, what is it with this girl? Because I am a person that talk on my in and out breath. So that was the first thing. And then I started doing cacao ceremonies and moon ceremonies. And I think I got wrapped in to breathwork somewhere in there. And I guess I started to follow Sam 2020. That's our mentoring pause. Mm -hmm. uh, so 2020 was the year where I really started to do more breath work. I guess 1920, I realized how important breath work is, especially at, under these crazy times that the lockdown was. I really felt that I could, yeah, connect with myself, connect with my heart. Having this inside when the outside was totally for me insane. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how something that we take for granted, like our breath can suddenly become so important when we learn to use it, to tap in, to control the breathing. And so you said something about that you love to hold space for people. So for maybe those that have never heard that expression or the term, what does that look like? Yeah, I started doing cacao ceremonies because I was inspired of others doing it. Because as a human or person, I love to connect with other humans. I love to gather. I love to, just like you and me sitting here now, talking yeah. about life, talking about why we're here. So creating space for me is like creating the safe space where people can come no matter how they look, what they feel, whatever they come from, just be there without being judged. Just be there, be themselves. So, of course, it's different. A cacao ceremony, we drink ceremonial cacao and maybe we dance and kind of things like that. In breathwork, we breathe together. So, yeah, for me, the most important thing is to create a community. Mm -hmm. because I also feel that we are lacking or many people are lacking it, especially for me. I started to do yoga and cacao ceremonies and I was like, where can I find these people, these things that I do? <laughs> yeah, where yeah. are you? And I started to go to these kind of moon ceremonies where we setting intentions or 
picking oracle cards or singing or yeah, it sounds really rural, but it was just like super normal people just yeah. connecting. And that's what I really like because it can sound super scary or super like hippie. But I think that it's something that we forgot. Like mm -hmm. that was super natural long time ago and still are in some cultures. But here where I come from, at least, we don't gather like that. But I love it. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think that even people, sometimes we say woo-woo and maybe we do air quotes and talk about it. I, like you, have found that many of these modalities are now becoming more mainstream. And also I feel people are curious, like you said, they're just mm -hmm. generally curious to say, I've tried some things and it's not working for me. I'm open to seeing what else is available. And the more I search and the more curious I get, the more I discover. And then my mind is blown. I'm like, what? What are all of these other ceremonies? So tell us a little bit about what happens at a moon ceremony or at a cacao ceremony for maybe those that are curious but have never been before. Yeah. I would say it's a couple of years ago I held cacao ceremony. But typically we were just sitting, just sitting in a space, just uh, telling your name can be super scary. I remember yeah. my first cacao ceremony, it was super scary, but I also at the same time never felt so at home and so safe. Mm. And so typically what I did together with a friend of mine, we were just sharing or maybe we were reading out some poem did some body movement, drinking the ceremonial cacao. And, and what the ceremonial cacao do is that it opens up our heart. And after that, sometimes we dance, just turn on some nice music and just dance. And for many people that are really free or like mm -hmm. you feel free and you feel like, oh, wow, is this life? <laughs> Especially in a culture where we drink a lot of alcohol or we rely on the alcohol. For me, it was a really cool experience to be on a dance party without alcohol. Mm -hmm. I've never felt so safe in my whole life as I did on my first cacao ceremony. Mm. That's so beautiful. That's, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've never been, but, you know, the thought sometimes of opening up our heart, because many of us are very tight or blocked off in our heart chakra, it can be scary. And so being in a place with the right folks to create that safety and to have that safe space and container is so important. But like you said, when you open up the heart and you release maybe anything that you've been holding on to that it's time to let go of for forgiveness or pain or resentment or anything that could be blocking it, you do become more free. And I do find that dancing is not something that I feel naturally comfortable doing everywhere. But when you do and the space is right, it is so liberating. It feels amazing for some reason. Yes, absolutely. And it, I guess you experience the same when we do breath work. It's also mm -hmm. so heart opening. Yeah. You can really feel if you're holding space for a group, you can see the huge difference. When we start, everyone is like before a party, almost not looking at each other. And afterwards, everyone is like, oh, they want to share or they want to like, wow, everyone is so beautiful. And all the thoughts I have, they were gone. 
Yeah. And also creating space for women. I think it's really important. Again, where I live, we have this competitive mind pattern Mm -hmm. that who is that woman or why is she doing that or who am I doing that, right? Yeah. But creating safe space for women, having this feeling of sisterhood, it's really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. But to also be super scary. (laughs) Well, it's unfamiliar because in many of the environments or the work environments that we've been in, there haven't been that many opportunities for women. So there always was a little bit of competition or maybe there's a small circle that you were really your allies. And Mm. it's so fascinating being in the space like yoga and breath work and some other energy spaces where it is such a community dominated by women. It feels so good. And at first it feels a little unnatural, but then you're like, this is so beautiful. And We were talking about competition once and I said, I don't really think about it because there are 8 billion people on the planet. There's no way that you or I can add value and service every single person. There's no way. Mm. So Mm. we need a whole community to show up authentically as themselves and allow the right people that want to be near our energy to gravitate towards us. Like that's Mm. all that it is, right? Mm. And like that just has been so liberating to just think that way, I think, because there is no way that we could each be there for every single person, nor should we want to. No, I'm totally feeling like you are. And I can see it like in my daughters too. I have one that is 10 and one that is 14. And I always feel like you need to do all these like arguments and she did that. (laughs) Now I don't want to be friends with her. And I'm like, can we create a space for them? Like, I think if they could experience what I'm doing now in this safe container, being open and vulnerable and showing emotions. And I know that, I mean, it's a part of life. They need to be there. But yeah, I think sometimes it's hard growing up too. And you can have it with you your whole life if you don't yeah. connect with the people that really support you and want to make you thrive, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you about your social media presence. I know I follow you on Instagram and it seemed to me as the observer that you were so comfortable really starting to put yourself out there and be consistent and really create content and posts that add value, but also seem authentically you. So was that easy for you or is that something that you're still evolving into? (laughs) Thank you. I started blogging in 2006 or something. So I have like social media have always been there. Also my Instagram account, even if it seems it's kind of new, I have been there a lot. So for me, I'm really familiar with myself, like seeing Mm -hmm. my own face, hearing my voice. So I would say that it's easier for me. And I also love to create those kind of things, Mm -hmm. like sitting with these apps to make my short movies and add some text. And so, yeah, thank you for for seeing that. Yeah, for sure. And so if someone is new and they're starting out, maybe starting a new business or a side hustle, what are some things that you would advise them to do just as they start to develop their brand online? I guess do what you feel is fun. 
if you don't mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, I have friends that tell me, oh, I don't want to create. It takes to- so long time, so much time for me to create on Instagram. Maybe a good suggestion is to hire one. I mean, I love to do that. Those yeah. like sit in Canva and everything. But I think that you should like have people that are good on the things that you're not and you do the things that you do best and I also believe that it should feel good in your whole body if you feel like posting on Instagram or whatever it's like oh not again (laughs) I think yeah I think you're like maybe not that the thing that you are supposed to do Mm -hmm. even if your brand is super good or let's just say that it was me Maybe I should hire someone to create my content, right? Right. To put my brand out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's such great advice is I love the idea of outsourcing the things that we're not good at and really focusing on the things that we are. I remember when I first started my business like four and a half years ago, coaching business, it was just me. And then when I finally went and hired a virtual assistant, it just opened up so much opportunity for me to do other things too. And so you do get to be more creative because you don't necessarily have to figure out all the little things. Yeah. And the other thing too is it doesn't have to be perfect. I think sometimes our past experience, especially if we spent time in the corporate world or even in other areas, we want things to be perfect. We want them mm. to seem super professional. And I think things can be professional, but they don't need to be perfect. Or things can be authentic, but not necessarily really formal too. And that's a line that I've struggled with for a while, just bringing it coming from the banking background into more of the space and the coaching and wellness space. So it's interesting, just like the evolution into that as well. Yeah. Now, I also think that everything is going by so fast, like stories, everything. And we also forget. So I think that if you made some spelling mistake or anything, I will not even notice it right right (laughs) so I think just put it out there just start and yeah if it's scary I think it's all about practice if you think Mm -hmm. it's scary to speak on Instagram stories or a live or something just do it be in the uncomfortable and yeah for me it's easy to say because I love to be in the uncomfortable space like out of my comfort zone (laughs) I mean if you look at me when I was younger all my teachers said that put your hands up or you don't need to be that shy. I mean, I really was the shy one. hated standing in the front of the class. But I don't think anyone would ever guess that when they see me now. (laughs) But that that is practice. Yeah, I was going to say, so how long did it take for you to start to feel more comfortable putting yourself out there? You said, or was it just a choice that you made and then you show up every day? Yeah, I think it started a couple of years ago. I was working as a seller and I needed to start to holding practices for hairdressers. And Mm -hmm. my first class I had, I was totally sweating. I was so nervous. (laughs) Like I still remember it. So I was like back into when I was younger in school. But I think little by little, that's what I started to love to do. That was my Mm -hmm. favorite part working as a seller was to like holding these courses. I was teaching them making curls or waves. And I love that. So I think, Mm. again, practice. And sometimes we watch any influencer 
and we say like, oh, they can do this. But I mean, everyone starts somewhere and we need to like slowly with baby step, just yeah. start. I really enjoy that advice because I wanted to ask you about fear. And mm. many people are scared to try something new or to explore something different than what they're doing because we get very comfortable and we like to sometimes stay in our comfort zones. And so do you experience fear today? And what is your approach to handling fear when something is new or maybe if something is not going the way you anticipate it to go? I sure feel into fear, but I guess I'm looking at it with curiosity. I always mm -hmm. like, okay, if I feel it in my belly or heart or throat, whatever I can, wherever I experience it, I like, okay, what is this? Why am I scared? Is it because I haven't done it before? Or like just you asking me being here, I was like, who am I to be in her podcast? I was listening <laughs> to some of the episodes and I'm like, they had such a good stories. And I'm like, what? And then it was like, but she asked me. Yeah. And I really like just have to dive in here. And now I'm here, right? Yeah. Well, isn't that so interesting? Because Melon, the reason I started this podcast is because I wanted to talk to everyday people who are not celebrities, who are doing interesting things in their life, who are taking chances, pushing themselves out of comfort zones, trying something new, you know, feeling the fear. And as you said, being curious with it and still pursuing it, because I do think that those stories are most inspiring. And in a world of so many billions of people, that's where most of us are. And we don't mm -hmm. always highlight or hear those stories. And so if anybody who listens and says, that's so interesting, like she worked as a nurse in the dentist space, and now she's doing yoga and breath work and other things like that's interesting, right? And mm. it allows and gives people permission to try something different. And mm. so I'm so glad you said yes, because I <laughs> am enjoying the conversation. And so let's go back a little bit to your childhood then, because I'm curious about who you were as a young person. You said you were a little shy, but did you have passions or sort of dreams for your future? Like what did little Malin think the future would look like for her? The only thing that I really remember is that I wanted to work with dolphins. But I don't know, like today, I don't want to do that because I want them to be free. <laughs> but I always have this feeling in my body that I want to save the world. And I have been hearing it so many times. You cannot save everyone. You cannot save mm. the whole world. But I still, in my body, believe, just like we talk about being in circles and having this community feeling, I still yeah. really believe that butterfly effect, uh, mm -hmm. that it starts with me and my wings will affect others. Of course, it'll vibrate yeah. out all that yeah. energy. So yeah, maybe I cannot save the whole world by myself, just as you said, but together yeah. I truly believe and I really feel that we are in a time, even if there are a lot of things going on in the world, I really believe that so many people are waking up. And I also think it's a lot because of social media that mm -hmm. we learn more about each other and we can, like you and me sitting yeah. on the other side of the world from each other. 
So I guess I still believe that I, together with many others, can save the world. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel the same thing with you. And what I've noticed and just meeting people from different walks of life who are also Mm -hmm. on mission to serve, to help others, to continue to grow is it makes me very optimistic. I'd like to be informed of what's happening in the world, but I don't believe that that's the true story because what I'm experiencing daily through conversations like this really gives me hope and it really makes me optimistic. But it does require us to not be alone. And in that way, social media has really helped and technologies like this that allow us to connect. So as you think about, you have young children, I think you said, right? Yeah, 10 and 14, two girls. 10 and 14, yeah. What are some of your hopes for your kids as they grow up, and especially as women in this world? Yeah, like right now, I think it's really hard for me because of social media. I have grown into the social media, so I know like the backside of it. I know that not everything is as it is on social media. But with my girls, they haven't experienced the before and after. They just Mm -hmm. were born into this. And sometimes I think it's super scary what social media do to them. But at the same time, I'm also super, like for my own, I'm so grateful for having social media because I've met so many amazing humans. But back to your question, my hope is that Of course, that they are feeling confident within themselves and love themselves and like are being healthy, of course. And also that they have the opportunity to try out things in life, like get out to travel, meeting new cultures, doing the things that they love. I am being really fortunate at growing up with a mom and a dad that always supported me in the Whatever path I've been taking, they have always been supporting me. Even if they don't like with breath work, they didn't know what it was, but it was like, oh, they were super supportive. So, yeah, I hope that I can do the same thing to my children as my parents did. Like always trusting and believing and also making them going their own way. I definitely understand some of the concern with social media because things can be good or bad depending on how we use it and how we allow some of these energies in. But I do love that at least I think we are all exposed to new opportunities and new ways to see the world. And even for those who aren't able to travel, you can still get glimpses and connect to others, which I do think is makes the world feel a little bit smaller. Sometimes it could feel big. Sometimes it could feel a little bit smaller with connections, which is beautiful. So what are some of the things that you do? Because all of us, especially as we take care of others and we do energy work and we facilitate classes, sometimes we can become depleted or we feel like maybe we're not resourced. So what are some of the things that you either proactively or reactively do when you feel like your own energy maybe is dipping or needs to be replenished? For me, it's absolutely a breath work. It's my number one, (laughs) surprisingly. (laughs) Because What I love with breastwork and I guess why I fell in love with it is that we always have it with us. 
I mean, I've yes. always been super curious about everything. Now I want to try this and oh, let's try this. And But with breathwork, I really feel that like we're always carrying with us. It's so easy if we remember to breathe, to yeah. just come back, like in a heartbeat, yeah. to come back to our center. And I really yeah. experienced it this last couple of days. I had a breathwork session and I get always so super high because I love to hold space. Yeah. But like going to bed afterwards, I need to like yeah. come back down. So just a minute or two with breastwork, just shift my energy and come back to my center and really calms me down. Do you have a couple of favorite breaths that you tend to facilitate more often than others? I think that it's hemoactive that is inside or into through our nose. Out through our mouth. Or it's the triactive breath, like breathing in through our mouth, down to our belly, up our chest, and release. Yeah. I like all of them, actually, what we learn in our facilitator program. But I guess these two are the most two that I come back to. And also like mm -hmm. top holes. I love doing top holes. <laughs> I love doing holds so much. And before I even started teaching breath work, I did breath work because of yoga, because I teach yoga, but it was pranayama. But every time I would teach meditation, I always instinctively did a hold at the end and then invited everyone to kind of release it. And I don't know why, it just felt good to do. I love holds. And and now facilitating breath work, I love doing top holds and also bottom holds. And just sometimes our instinct is to want to resist or we're fearful of holding our breath, even though we have control over it. But when you can let go and allow it to feel so expansive, I always feel like I am floating in a hole. And it's like you go beyond the point where you even feel like you're holding it and it just feels like you could stay in the hold forever. I don't know how to describe it. Do you have the same experience with it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you have to experience it. And I think that both with that top or bottom holds or just framework yeah. itself, you really need yeah. to experience it. I mean, I can talk for hours about why you should do it, but it's all about the experience. And I really feel like you, that the top holds or bottom holds or doing both, you get to another dimension or space. I don't know. And it's like you never want to take that breath again. You're laying there yeah. just feeling it. It's so crazy. I always say it's the space between. It just feels like you're creating time and space where it wasn't before. You're just creating this, elongating the space. It just, I know it sounds a little interesting, but it feels pretty amazing. So is there anything else that you're curious? Any other sort of modalities or things that you're exploring for yourself or to add to the services that you provide? I work a little bit with essential oils or a lot, I would say. I, I love to have essential oils also. Like the cacao and essential oils came into mm. my life almost the same. That's also a really good tool for me. I always have oils for whatever occasion. And like you said in the beginning, like dancing 
or like yeah. shaking everything that has with our body, like to shift our energy. Mm -hmm. I love to do that. But I think that the thing we need to do is just to remember it. I mean, often we know like we can be super angry or sad or whatever. We know we have all the tools, but we forget or we're like, no, I don't want to dance or I don't want to breathe or, but when we do (laughs) afterwards, we are like, why didn't I do this earlier? Well, it's so true because the energy can get stored in the body, can get stuck. And it's amazing when you're able to let go and to release. And we can't allow, I think we can't receive or allow other things in, the good things that we want if there's no space and Mm -hmm. if there's stale energy or things are blocked within our energy centers. And so it does feel so amazing. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because I feel like Breath work right now is almost where yoga was maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm not sure when, but I do think it, maybe it's because we're in this space. And so I know so many breath work facilitators. I don't know if everyone <laughs> else feels it, but it's almost like sort of the sister of the yoga and the meditation. And mm. it's just starting to evolve again, even though breath work has been around forever. And yeah. of course, we all have our breath with us. Yeah. At all times. <laughs> I'm feeling the same too. And I'm so grateful for it. Even my dentist mm-hmm. boss, she's not into what I'm doing with the breath work. But sometimes she asks me like, can you come here and just support her with the patient, with the breath? And for oh, me, it's yeah. like, yeah. And I was working in Ethiopia back in 2019 with some amazing people dentists and dental nurses and we were a big amazing team working there and I have this picture in my mind I was working with one of the dentists and we have this it's not in my mind we have a picture of it and we have this woman that we don't speak the same language I don't remember what we were doing but I think we were pulling out the tooth and Mm -hmm. On that picture, I was holding my hand on her and she was holding her hand on mine. And that mm-hmm. picture said so much about the power of our breath. Like we didn't speak the same language at all. She yeah. was laying there getting her tooth pulled out. But just for me, like focusing on the breath with her, that was just like... So that's what I love with breathwork. Coming back to breathwork again. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's our humanity, right? I mean, it's the indication that we are alive. And every time I teach, I always say, it's our constant companion. From the moment we enter this world to the moment we transition, it's with us. And it's just a beautiful tool and a companion. And sometimes we just have to pay attention and just remember that it's there for us. So I'm curious, what were you doing in Ethiopia? So you kind of glossed over the work you were doing, but it sounds like you guys were doing some amazing things. Yeah, it is like dental health without borders. Oh, it's similar to Doctors Without Borders. But okay. So it's a beautiful, he is from Ethiopia, but he lives in Norway. So he mm. wanted to give back to his people. So he started this dental health without borders uh, to give back to his people. 
So they're going to Ethiopia and they're going to Jamaica. So I was there together with my boss and it was a beautiful experience doing it with her, but also doing with a big team. Yeah. We were a lot of dental workers and we were helping people that was living on the street. In Ethiopia, with the people that we were working with or on, they don't even have a toothbrush. So, mm. I mean, it's so different from how we work here in Norway. So also yeah. our job is to teach the dental staff down in Ethiopia to teach mm. them. So it's kind of this exchange. But it's amazing to work and again, like work with humans and also don't speak the same language. It's so cool how we can communicate with yeah. just body language and like mm -hmm. with smiles. The smiles on these humans, some you can see it in their eyes before when they don't have maybe just one tooth. Not me, but the, the rest of the team were creating like new smiles and you just see it in their eyes and it's like, wow. Yeah. So it was really, really hectic, but it was really one of the coolest experience and most beautiful experience I've ever done. Yeah, oh, and people are so, so, so lovely. That's so beautiful. And just another example of how you serve and give back into the world, Melin. Mm -hmm. So how can we best support you? How can people find you? How can they learn more about what you offer and your services? Yeah, I would say, especially on Instagram. I guess that's where I'm the most. So follow me there. I am called begin.within. So begin within with a dot in between. And that name came up to me like 2016. I was sitting with my best friend and I was like, okay, it just came. I just don't wow. don't louded it from somewhere. And that name had like just been with me since then. I also started a little bit of a breastwork community where I breathe once a week and like my intention for that community is to again creating space a safe space where people can come and breathe or just watch the recording or maybe share whatever that came up during a session or during the day so for me that's also an opportunity for others if they want to hang with me <laughs> Thank you for all that you do and just for being such a bright light in this world. And I wish you continued success with everything that you do. And I ask everyone a final question. And the question is tied to the title of the podcast, which comes from a quote. What does it mean to you to live the width of your life? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I think it is, again, coming back to that goal of that go out of that comfort zone. Like, do the things that you love. Fail. And that's how we learn. Maybe yeah. that didn't work out, but I guess you will never regret it that you did it mm -hmm. instead of sitting there not doing it. And connect with people. I think for some people it's really hard. Like, my friends isn't the one that, like, where we were a couple of years ago. Like, try to find new people to hang with or... If it is like yoga, go to a yoga class. It's super scary. But one really good thing that I love is 
actually to go alone because then you meet a lot of you humans. If you go with someone, you feel safe with that one. If you go like alone, you need to connect with others. And yeah, it can be super scary, but for me, and like, again, community, connect with people, find your tribe. I think that's really important to not isolate. I love your response. I love the way you think. Well, and thank you so much for being my guest today. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If today's conversation inspired you to dream again, break out of your comfort zones, or reflect on what it means to you to live more fully, then please follow this podcast because every week you'll hear more stories from people just like you who took imperfect action towards their goals, created more joy, and are living the life that they always dreamt of living.